Hey guys, my name is David, and I'm here with uh, Pastor Brian to talk about our new uh, upcoming sermon series at Trinity. Uh, it'll start up this Sunday. So, Brian, why don't you kind of give us an overview, uh, a general overview of what the sermon series is and what it's going to be about? Yeah, the title of the sermon series is A Wonderful Life, subtitle, Waking Up to the Glorious Light of Restoration. The purpose of the sermon series is to show what it looks like to experience the fullness of life. And as we Christians would confess that that truly occurs, a wonderful life occurs when we see God's light in Christ through the Holy Spirit. And not only see that light, but see how it shines on every different part of our life, illuminates it, gives it purpose and so on. And so this sermon series shows like the foundational basis for confessing and believing in that. And then also different areas of life where we can maybe wrap our minds around how that looks. So it will be in areas of the church and relationships, work, culture, public life, and so on. Uh, and yeah, that's what the sermon series is in a, in a nutshell. It'll be 10 weeks long, uh, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah. What What's the inspiration for this sermon series? What gave you this idea? There's a bunch of different Christian voices, but the main one is my theological crush his name is his name is Herman Bovink and specifically there's a book he wrote called The Wonderful Works of God which you can hear the sermon series title in that title and that work and so he's the foundational kind of voice in this sermon series um for those who have never interacted uh with Herman before um what what's the uh, general biography you would give of Herman Bobbitt you're saying that not everybody has heard of good old Herm uh, uh not everybody no. has felt the Herm all right or, all right or yeah yeah no that's understandable uh he is a, a Dutch reformed uh pastor theologian politician he lived from 1854 to 1921 much like today, that was a time of great transition and upheaval, and he was one of those voices that really stayed tethered to an orthodox, traditional, timeless understanding of the Christian faith, uh, but also showed how it applied to some of the new challenges that he was facing. And he saw, with a lot of other Reformed theologians, that if you believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that... Uh, belief and that framework would have implications for all of life and so there would be different ways of thinking about the Christian faith not only in the church but also in other areas of life and really in really really ordinary nitty-gritty areas of life so that's that's Herman Bovink um, and that's a little bit of history behind him in fact mm -hmm. we are celebrating a uh, hundred years since his death he died in 1921 mm -hmm. uh, so it became kind of fitting for me to do this sermon series because I've kind of been reading and been influenced by his work probably for over a decade now. Mm -hmm. how, how were you introduced to him? It was probably through other authors. I think this is a similar experience that people who read have is if you ever start to really like a, a writer or a pastor and you just wonder who influences him, uh, you start reading his footnotes or mm -hmm. her footnotes. In this case, it probably came mainly through... Um, Tim Keller and early on in Trinity's 
life, we used his work uh, to try to get some training and understanding how to plant churches in urban areas. Mm-hmm. And then looking at his footnotes, he would quote Herman Bavinck a lot. So I was like, well, who is this guy that he keeps quoting? And then started reading some of the more original works from Herman Bavinck. And really, yeah. that was it. I mean, I was yeah. kind of taken in and, and made made a lot of sense. And he was really compelling to me. Yeah, yeah. You, you often ask the question of how did you come to Trinity and why did you stay here? So why did you keep reading Bob and yeah. what kept you coming back to him? I think he was just incredibly relevant uh, for this moment of time and doing ministry in St. Paul, Minneapolis. I think there's this um, tension between uh, maybe a cultural pull to abandon uh, Orthodox Christian faith uh, and try to change it to make it more relevant you know that's one approach that people take or that people really do embrace a historic and timeless view of the christian faith but they fail to show how relevant that is to kind of their historical moment and the people they're trying to reach that don't confess that Uh and so that's why i think he i've stayed in his writings because he speaks to that dynamic as a person that says hey, the gospel is relevant, we don't need to make it relevant, but we do have to show its relevance for this uh, particular Mm -hmm. moment that we find ourselves in. And he had a different moment than we did, uh, but nonetheless, I think if the principles of this kind of approach apply to the here and now. Yeah, so maybe to uh, somebody who might be skeptical listening, hearing he's been dead for 100 years, why is he applicable today? Right. I think he uh, and other voices in, in kind of the Dutch reform movement really started uh, applying the, the glory of God, the Lordship of Christ, the renewing power of the Holy Spirit in different areas of life. So they would write about and think deeply about how does that relate to our daily work? How does that relate to the calls of being husband and, and uh, or a wife? And how does it relate to being a politician or creating art, um, urban development and language? And so they looked into those things. And I think the, the principles that they were grounding themselves in based on scripture are principles that you can apply nowadays, even though maybe the conversation about art and work and our maybe political life is very different than it was um, at the, the turn of the century, you know, early 1900s for, uh, for his context. Uh, those things are different, but I think the principles stay the same, especially because they're grounded so much in Scripture and the consensus of Christian history. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had written this question differently, but I decided to rephrase it in my head. Uh-huh. What buttons do you think Bob Inc. is going to push on this cultural moment for Trinity? One of the things that uh, I relate to this a lot is he was often accused of being a um, kind of a theological schizophrenic. Uh, Mm. (laughs) And what people meant by that is that he was, for for many in his uh, city that would probably identify with being more progressive, they thought he had just these outdated beliefs mm. that needed to change. But then for those that were uh, much more traditionalists, uh, they thought 
uh, he was compromising the faith and uh, you know adopting new ideas because he was going to you know scratch the ears of of people in his culture, and so he lived in that tension. And I think his his approach to theology wasn't schizophrenic. It was grounded in this idea that there are timeless truths of Scripture but that the principles of scripture and uh, the lordship of Christ is going to be applied in, in the kind of pluralistic ways, depending on your generation and the challenges that you face. Right. Uh, and so that's why you can hear in that, why that tension would, would be there, but it's very consistent. Uh, so he, he pushes that button. And I think a lot of people from Trinity feel that way. They feel like they're kind of cultural exiles in this moment that they, right often feel themselves between those two worlds like he, do, he did and I do. Uh, I think he also pushes the button of anyone who desires that the, the total of their life would never be um, separated from the Christian life. That Those that don't want a sacred, secular divide in their life, but that every area of their life, they would want it under the Lordship of Christ. So if you're looking for ways to think deeply about just really ordinary, everyday tasks and how they relate to the mission of God, he, he pushes that button as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just think about the area of work. It doesn't matter what type of work, but the one of the greatest ways you love your neighbor as yourself is through your work. So uh, he goes there and, and we can have a framework to think deeply about our work, whether we're engineers or uh, contractors or artists or, or whatever we are, influencers, um, whoever's into that, that there's a way of to think about it in a redemptive way. So the technical aspects of the sermon series, I assume you're not going to step into the pulpit, open up wonderful works of God, read 10 sentences and exegete. Bobbing's words. So how do, how do we integrate the Bible yeah. with, with Bobbing's thought? That's a great question. I mean, there's a sense that I, I, I need to be forthright about his voice in this because there's the sense that the sermon series is, is plagiarizing him, but he's also plagiarizing scripture. I mean, his, <laughs> his ideas are coming from there. I mean, you read his works and they're saturated with scripture, quoting scripture, referencing scripture, um, even even he's one of those writers that he will sometimes be referencing something in scripture and maybe not directly put it as a footnote, but clearly that's where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's more than enough um, riches to mine there from Holy Scripture that will really be our basis because it's his basis as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, part of even drafting some of these sermons initially is trying to limit like what scriptures are we going to cover that highlight these points because it's, it's almost overwhelming the amount of, of scripture uh, that's used to support the theology of this this type of framework so yeah this will be uh, a lot of yeah different referencing of of, of scripture uh, that influences bobbing that's influencing this work so the foundation of it all is always scripture hmm. Um, at the beginning of our time together, you mentioned having a purpose for this sermon series, but if you had a, an overall goal or two or three or, or however many um, that you want the people of Trinity to walk away from this sermon series with, what, what would be your goal for this sermon series? Yeah, the goal would be a heightened awareness of our restless souls and how they can only find their rest in God, which is 
a reference to uh, a popular quote from St. Augustine. Uh, I think there is kind of a period of restlessness that we find ourselves in that's really unique because of the last two years. I think there's a high distraction uh, of, of things in our life that are, are taking us away from God being our highest good. So part of it is redirecting our focus to that uh, great reality that God is our highest good. Uh, I think there's also going to be a heightened awareness of when you even embrace that, you know that, and you and this world kind of comes alive with God's purposes in every area of life. There's also a discouragement of that, uh, not only just personally in our own hearts that we are inconsistent because of our sin and, and being able to truly enjoy that, but you also kind of look around the world and you notice the vandalism of sin a little bit more and that becomes uh, discouraging because you know that there are elements of this world where you can see God's purposes and his glory and what he's up to but you also see that it's ruined by sin and it needs restoration and so you you will definitely feel that that tension between God's purposes in the world how it's been ruined by sin but you can see that he's in the process and we are in the process of, of the restoration of those things. Uh, and so, yeah, those are, those are some of the purposes, the themes that um, I hope people will pick up and then seeing how those themes will even just go right through things like our relationships, our households, our, our daily vocations, um, culture itself and, and our public life. Uh, so we'll, we'll explore those different areas and how those kind of tensions arrive there, but also probably close too with this great source of optimism. Uh, uh, one of the key purposes of Bobbing's theology would be grace restores all things uh, or grace restores nature is the way I think he put it. And that, that means um, the nature of our faith is restored. Uh, human nature, our, our, we become truly human. And then also nature, like literally nature around us, like uh, the cosmos, all things are restored because of God's grace in Jesus Christ. And so that's how history will end. Mm -hmm. And if we want to be on the right side of history, which is a phrase that's thrown around quite a bit mm -hmm. nowadays, that's, that's, the, that's the side of history that mm -hmm. we want to be on is the, the reality that grace restores all nature. Mm -hmm. And, and does that include pineapple on pizza, or is that no, that's, that's too no, far no, gone? No, 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 yeah. We'll get into that with the, the sermon on how uh, creation is ruined by sin. And that could be an example of that, uh, is, is that type of thing. <laughs> um, that was all uh, I had on my question list. Is there anything you want to add or close out with? Anything we might have missed? I don't think so. I, uh, maybe the, one of the ways to, to frame this is, the title for his work, The Wonderful Works of God, comes from Acts chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, Pentecost is happening. People are speaking in different languages. And, and that verse says that the disciples of Jesus uh, are proclaiming the wonderful works of God. And they're doing so in this kind of global sense with different tongues. And to have the wonderful life is to to know and experience and be caught up in these wonderful works of God in Christ through the Holy Spirit. And and so that's what this is all about. And I would say that I've spent 10 years building my life and, and Trinity's uh, foundation on this type of framework. And, uh, you know, being able to do the sermon series right now is just showing how 
this kind of breathtaking scope of who God is, uh, is, is still uh, incredibly foundational for our church and our life. And if new people are able to kind of discover it and, and be impacted by it in their daily life, then I think we uh, have achieved the purpose of the sermon series. Well, amen. Thank you so much for your uh, time, Brian, and uh, looking forward to Sunday. Thank you, David. Amen.